Buffalo Wild Wings has specials on food from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and great deals on drinks all day. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no. Try a $3 Wild Herd by Goose Island. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m. That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha, ha, ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. www.exxonradiotv.com is our website for the radio show and for all the programming on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. My guest this hour is uh, the host of a different perspective on the Exxon Broadcast Network and a good friend. His name is Kevin Randall. And uh, Kevin and I and a third party have been involved in a bit of kindergarten play, not from Kevin's side and my side. But Michael Horn is taking it upon himself in an effort to try and hook and bait a debate with with uh, Kevin about the Billy Meyer case to use slanderous remarks, insulting language, and acting totally unethical. So to put the question of a debate to bed, yesterday I issued the following. Due to the unprofessional, unethical, and immature way that Michael Horn has been attacking Dr. Kevin Randall, a man who has served his country twice and who has always been a gentleman, professional, author, media personality, friend, voice of reason in the UFO community, and the host of the Exome Broadcast Network show a different perspective, I am canceling the proposed date which was to wear throughout our broad radio broadcast networks and other divisions of Ralmar McConnell Media Company. As a professional member of the media, we do not and will not uh, condone or tolerate tabloid journalism and the disrespectful manner in which Dr. Kevin Randall has been attacked and slandered by Mr. Horn. Whether one is a believer or a skeptic, it is this type of grandstanding and immaturity that, ha- that is detrimental to the UFO community and, in fact, 
By his actions, and his actions alone, Michael Horn has done more to discredit the claims of Billy Meyer than anyone else. To counter the, in uh, quotations, pro-Meyer um, show in which Michael Horn was able to present his side of the Meyer story, Dr. Kevin Randall will be given the opportunity of presenting the con Meyer side of this very controversial UFO ET case, along with a number of selected guests to discuss the Meyer alleged UFO sightings, contacts, and prophecies. Uh, the shows that feature the Meyer story will be featured on all our channels, affiliates, and international distributors and programmers. Dr. Kevin Randall is a retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel who served combat tours as a helicopter pilot in Vietnam and an intelligence officer in Iraq. He has been studying UFOs for nearly 50 years. He has investigated some of the most famous UFO cases, including the Leveland sightings and series of sightings over Washington, D.C. in 1952. He has been consulted for dozens of documentaries about UFOs, and he has made presentations to a dozen of colleges and other organizations. He is considered one of the leading experts in the Roswell UFO crash of 1947. He had written more than 25 books about UFOs, including the recently published Roswell in the 21st century. Um, and that is the basic gist of this press release, which can be read in its entirety at www.xzbn.net. Prior to me issuing this release, I had been in contact with Michael Horn a number of times, and I had expressed my concerns as to the manner in which he was acting. In fact, I even used the analogy of a kindergarten, and he still persisted. Enough is enough. When he issued his latest article that in you know that was totally unfair, unjustified, slanderous, and lies about Kevin Randall, I pulled the I pulled the plug. No one else did. I did. Do I regret it? Not in the least. In fact, it makes me feel good because we are showing the world that we're just not like any other paranormal radio show where you can get away with what you want. That there are rules, there are regulations. You have to be professional. You have to adhere to a code of conduct. And if you can't do that, I don't want you on my show. And I will not have you on any other show on this network or broadcast anywhere on this network. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with Kevin Randall discussing, I don't even know what to call this anymore, except a fiasco, a disaster, something that should have never happened, but it did. And like I said before, in one foul swoop that lasted a few weeks, Michael Horn has done more to damage the credibility of Billy Meyer and his case than anyone else in history. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. My guest this hour, the one and only Kevin Randall, the host of A Different Perspective on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And Kevin, welcome to my show. Great talking to you, my friend. I always enjoy being on your show because it's much easier than being the host. <laughs> uh, listen, you and I have been watching the war of, of lack of witticisms and lack of wit that has been viciously attacked upon you. Your reputation, your 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 bravery, and um, I I just I just couldn't let it go on any longer. Well, this all proves that no good deed goes unpunished. Back several weeks ago, I did an article about uh, some of the problems I saw with the MUFON leadership, especially mm-hmm. after they had problems with uh, some of their leaders making racial and uh, comments and that sort of yeah. thing. And you sent out a press release, which I guess Michael Horn received, Mm -hmm. and he sent me a note about that, and I thought he wanted to talk about his experiences with MUFON and how they don't allow him to make his presentations to their organization or the the big symposium as opposed to maybe some of the smaller ones. And so I did an article, and I just mentioned that casually, that the symposium that the MUFON was having had some people whose credibility I didn't see all that great, but their excuse was they wanted the membership to listen to these people and make up their own minds. And and my comment was, well, then why not allow the Billy Meyer people to do the same thing? And that started the whole nonsense at that point. But Uh, Yes? I I was just going to say, Kevin, I don't understand how something like that could start the nonsense when, in fact, you were saying, you know what, he's got the right to do this. Yes, and but I had made it clear in uh, one of the articles I posted about mm-hmm. this that I did not accept the Billy Meyer case as being authentic. I believe it to be a hoax. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I had defamed Billy Meyer. And um, I guess the gloves came off at that point. Uh, he wanted he, he announced on his um, his blog that we were going to debate. Didn't bother to contact me about it, but we were going to debate. And I said, no, we're not going to debate. I'm going to be bullied into this sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so he now claims I backed out of debate. There was no debate 
planned. I think that you were kind of involved in one segment of this when um, Horn had contacted you and you'd sent an, an email to me wanting to know if I would debate Horn on your program. And right. I said, no, I'm not interested in yeah. talking to the guy. And uh, from that point, it just escalated. It was daily, almost daily, um, email uh, postings to my blog, all of this material going on. I didn't want to debate the guy because it was going to take up way too much time. I was going to have to do a, some research to counter the claims mm -hmm. that the Meyer camp has made and that sort of thing. I just didn't want to be involved in that. It just was not that important to me. But he took it to a new level. He just couldn't let go of the string that I'm now the bad guy in all of this because I don't believe Billy Meyer's telling the truth. And I think if you take a look mm -hmm. at the independent research I mean, he would send me these these emails with link after link after link after link, but it all goes back to him. I couldn't find any independent support for the Billy Meyer case, people who had looked at it themselves independently and come to the conclusion that there's nothing to it. But I could find a lot of stuff that was related to the Billy Meyer case from their camp saying you know, they've they've investigated this thing from the very beginning they've been unable to disprove the billy meyer stuff we've got all these photographs um, of of the beam ships and that he's taken on other planets that prove he's done this sort of thing there's um all these predictions he's made that have come for true proving that he's in contact with these alien creatures and there's this metal that he, that he got from the aliens to prove that it uh, was something not from this earth well i couldn't find any independent verification of any of that. I could find a lot of stuff from uh, Horn and the Meyer camp suggesting all of that was true, but I could not find anything from the other side of the, the spectrum. Uh, I, I found that uh, some of the photographs that they're, they're touting that, that they released as being authentic, 230 of them are faked. And they admit they're fake, but the men in black had planted those on Billy Meyer to make him look bad. For years, they had said these, these photographs are authentic. Once it was proven that some of them were fake, uh, they said, yes, they are, but uh, they were planted on Billy Meyer to make him look bad. And it just goes on from that. Every time you would make a point, they would move the goalpost, wanting you to give more and more information. But it's not incumbent on me or anybody else that prove Meyer is telling the truth. It is or not telling the truth. It's incumbent on them to prove that he is telling the truth. And as far as I'm concerned, they just haven't done it. Well, according to what I've been able to make heads or tail on the Meyer case, no one has been able to to get any evidence from the Meyer camp that could be analyzed scientifically in order to prove once and for all whether this, in fact, is a hoax or whether, if in fact, this is real. However, in my opinion, Kevin, by them not allowing this evidence to come out, they are just saying, listen, we don't want you guys to have the evidence because you'll be able to debunk it. I, I, it it's the same thing that I, I've seen when people are claiming military service and I check these things out. Mm -hmm. And they always say, well, it's beneath my dignity to provide the evidence that I'm really who I say I am. No, it's not, because every time my military service has been challenged, I've provided the documentation to prove it. Um, I've got literally dozens and dozens and dozens of photographs of me in Iraq, mm -hmm. uh, standing on the cr in, in front of the cross swords there in downtown Baghdad and yep. things like that. Uh, I'm willing to prove it, but it always seems that the people who do not have the evidence stacked up and says, well, it's beneath my dignity to justify those claims by attempting to prove it. When they uh, have looked at the photographs, they've, they've provided second generation prints 
And uh, I think one of the things they quote is a fellow named Davis who said that uh, I found nothing in the print to suggest it wasn't a large craft. Um, there was no evidence of a hoax. Yeah, it's a second generation print. And if you read the rest of his report, he says he really can't make any positive statements unless he gets an opportunity to look at the original negatives, which, of course, never surface. You can't get a look at the negatives because there probably is stuff on those negatives that would give the whole thing away. Jim Lorenzen, who was one of the people that brought alien abduction information into um, the United States, I guess you could say. He, uh, he and Coral Lorenzen at the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization embrace alien abduction, alien sightings, all of this sort of thing. And they had done a book. And I say they, um, the um, people with Myers had done a book and uh, they had said something about uh, Jim Lorenzen endorsing the book. And what he had said was the pictures were very nice and uh, he uh, thought them were, uh, thought of them as art. Hmm. Not that they proved that there was an alien craft, but he thought they were very, very artistic in in their uh, composition and they left that part out so he you know Jim Lorenzen is pretty annoyed about this and then he begins to recount all of the problems he's seen with the pictures um, back in August of 1979 when one of the the books came out I had wondered what Jim Lorenzen thought of actually I knew what Jim Lorenzen thought about it because he and I discussed it a long time ago um, and he was not impressed with the photographs other than as art and pointed out many of the mistakes that he himself could see. Uh, one of the people endorsing the pictures, as a matter of fact, is being truth, true, uh, according to what Jim Lorenzen published, was uh, Meyer It was supported in his statements by two witnesses from among his group of disciples. And one of them eventually said that he had been hypnotized into giving false testimony. So here's a guy, Jim Lorenzen, who believes in alien abduction, mm -hmm. who believes aliens are visiting Earth, who is looking for the evidence, who has been on what you might say the, 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 the side of belief decades, calling out Meyer. But we never hear about that sort of thing from the Meyer camp. They ignore that sort of thing. But it kind of illustrates what, um, what we've been able to find by looking for independent sources on whether or not the photographs are authentic. They have a, a report that was done by Jim Delatoso at the behest of Wendell Stevens. Wendell Stevens, of course, was publishing Meyer's books in the United States, so he's got some kind of a financial um, um, connection to the photographs and that sort of thing. And Delatoso's working for Wendell Stevens on this sort of thing, and they came out and said that the, the photographs, you know, they could find no evidence of fraud or fakery and that sort of thing. But when you looked into it in depth, you find out that Delatoso also had endorsed a number of frauds. One of them, an admitted hoax, I think it's the uh, um, Oliver's Castle crop circle, where you see the two lights flying over the, uh, uh, the yes. crops and they just fall down. Yeah. Yeah. Delatoso said, yeah, there's no evidence of fraud. <laughs> the guy who made it said it's a fake. So Delatoso just isn't the best source on proving the, the photographs are fake. But what really gets me is they admit 230 of them are fake. How many do we have to find that are fake before people say, yeah, uh, we got we to gotta go with the idea that maybe Meyer isn't in contact with people from the Pleiades? With all these uh, alleged contacts that, that he is having, it's, it's ironic that 
the proof beyond a shadow of the doubt cannot be supplied by Myers or any independent witnesses to these uh, contacts. Which is my point exactly. There's no independent contact. In fact, um, Jerry Clark in his UFO Encyclopedia, the second edition, has a thing about Meyer, which is surprisingly neutral in tone, um, which is, I guess, great credit to, to Jerry. Jerry Clark in attempting to present everything in a neutral fashion so people can make it up. But one of the things that, that came out in that article was that the Pleiadians had told Meyer that they could, he could take as many photographs of their craft as he wanted to prove they were real. I'm thinking, if you're wanting to prove to the skeptics you're real, why not have the ship appear over New York City, over the capital of Switzerland, where barely Billy Meyer lives, mm-hmm. a population center where you can get the news media out there with their cameras and literally thousands of people can take photographs of it, in which case it would be very hard to debunk that sighting. But no, it, they only appear to uh, Billy Meyer and some of his disciples. It's very strange indeed. And of course, then you've got Michael Horn on this side of the, of the Atlantic, who is getting on his little um, orange crate and, you know, proclaiming to the top of his lungs that Billy Meyer is the true prophet, the true seer, the true contactee, that everyone else should look and revere uh, Billy Meyer because he has the proof. He is the proof that everybody's looking for. But they never offer the evidence. Instead, if you suggest something, mm-hmm. uh, on one of the predictions, for example, um, Horn will attack you immediately. Often it's a, a ad hominem attack on your credibility, on your person. It's not a, uh, an attempt to debate the facts of the case, but it's a personal attack. And I'm not sure that that works well in today's society. Well, actually, I've kind of wanted to be on a mission to civilize like uh, Will McAvoy on Newsnight. Um, but but you can't do it with someone like that. He just has no uh, ability to respond in a civilized manner to mm-hmm. a criticism that I think is completely legitimate. Instead of saying, yes, we need to look at that, he just goes nuts. I, I was speaking to another talk show host today who in the past had had Michael Horn on the show talking about the Miller Meyer case. And I uh, he said to me, why anyone else would ever want to have him back on their show is beyond me because he gets on with one agenda, not to answer your questions, but to promote Billy Meyer. Absolutely. And, and uh, one of the things we've, we've looked into, and I've spent you know, a couple of weeks looking mm-hmm. to are the predictions that Billy Meyer has made all right, let's and talk how about these predictions predi- all come true. And it turns out that, yeah, maybe not. All right, let's talk about predictions on the other side of this break. Exxon Nation, Kevin Randall is our guest this hour. And when we come back, more of the Billy Meyer case. And we'll also let you find out how you can find out more about Kevin, listen to his show, and buy his book. We'll be books, I should say books, plural. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Kevin Randall is our guest this hour, and uh, Kevin is the host of A Different Perspective on the Exome Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And Kevin, let everybody know what your blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and, and don't you have a book that's just come out talking about Roswell? <laughs> well, it's been out for a few months now. It's called Roswell in the 21st Century. And I, I looked at it as a cold case. And I mm-hmm. wanted to look at the evidence for the Roswell UFO crash with, I guess, kind of a dispassionate uh, eye. And um, concluded that the case is not nearly as robust as we thought, which, of course, made me no friends in the UFO community. But I think, you know, what we have to do is report these things as honestly as we can and not leave out part of the evidence because it doesn't support what we want to believe. And that's, you know, the one of the things that sort of permeates the entire UFO field is this will to believe and, and cherry picking the evidence to prove your case rather than presenting all of the evidence and saying, here, you know, here are the problems that we see and how can mm-hmm. we resolve these problems? What can we find out that might help us answer the questions? I th- in my opinion, Billy Meyer's prophecies are about as equally correct as those of Edgar Casey. Everybody wants to talk about the prophecies that Casey got right, but nobody talks about the vast majority that he got wrong. Well, that's the way it is with any prophet or psychic in today's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always tout what they got right and what, what they uh, got wrong, they forget. One of the best examples, I used to host a radio show at KTSM in El Paso, Texas, and I had Irene Hughes on, who was the great seer. Mm-hmm. And we were down to four teams left in the playoffs for the um, the NFL. And it was the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, and I forget who the fourth team was. So we had her on the program, and I said, who's going to win? And she said it would be the Packers over this other team. So once we let her go, I said over to the radio audience, everybody knows it's going to be the Cowboys over the Steelers by 10. I not only told you who was going to win, I told Mm -hmm. you the point spread. And she got everything. She got the two teams wrong. He got four teams. She couldn't even pick the right two teams. And so you have to wonder about their psychic ability when they do that sort of thing. It's it's funny because uh, I'll just uh, go on this track for a second or two. I was uh, producing another show for another guest, another host of ours here on the network. And the host had invited a past psychic that I had on my show. Well, and the psychic was telling the, the host of the show all about her predictions that she had said on the X zone. And I'm listening to all these predictions and they were not the predictions she gave me on the air because I, I, one of the predictions was that uh, there was going to be an assassination attempt on, on President Obama and that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. And we all know how that turned out. So, you know, they, I, it, they're legends in their own mind 50% of the time because I, I believe that they really believe in what they're saying. Uh, you could be right. I, I, but I, I often wonder late at night if they don't realize mm-hmm. what's really going on. Maybe they do believe they're psychic in some fashion, but they miss so many times yeah. it seems unreal. And I, you know, I, I made a prediction about the outcome of a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and got it right basically because I watched football and I sure. knew who the powerhouse teams were in the NFL at the time. Um, so I understood that. But did, get, you, but did your predictions make you any money? No, and that's the really bad okay. thing about it, because I got the point spread right, sure. too. But you see, a psychic who is on the internet or who does telephone uh, 
predictions or whatever, they get paid whether or not they get the predictions right. Uh, yeah, especially those psychic hotlines. Exactly. Which I, they're coming back. But with the, with the Meyer thing, what, what they do is they change things subtly mm -hmm. in the predictions. And so you, you've got Billy Meyer in supposedly of February 25th, 1975, talking about how atomic testing and CFCs are damaging the ozone. And the idea is nobody was talking about this till Billy Miner came out with this in, in February of 1975. But you go back and I just, and I just on my blog today, I, I talked to a guy about that. He said, how would Billy Meyer know about the ozone depletion if he wasn't getting information from the aliens? And I quoted from a, um, scientific study had been done six or seven months before Billy Meyer had come out with his predictions, proving that terrestrial scientists were a fact, were aware of this factor. Um, and he wrote back and said, well, Billy Meyer couldn't have gotten his hands on this obscure paper. And I said, okay. Uh, we found um, in the New York Times for September 6, 1974, five or six months before Billy Meyer's prediction, the New York Times published uh, an article and said the potential depletion of the ozone layer by nuclear explosions is a new accidental discovery. And then on uh, October 17th, 1974, again, months before Billy Meyer, mm -hmm. the New York Times reported the Defense Department estimates estimates that an all-out nuclear war would significantly deplete the protective layer of ozone in the stratosphere. And finally, Science Magazine on October 25th, 1974, said supersonic transports, aerosol sprays, and nuclear weapons are potential sources of catalytic agents that penetrate the Earth's stratosphere and decompose the ozone that shields living things from the worst of the sun's ultraviolet radiation. I cannot believe I actually read that without stumbling much on it because that is really some lousy writing. But anyway, the point simply is, here are, here are three articles mm -hmm. that were published months before Billy Myers' contact. And, and what, what is the response by the Myers camp? Well, Billy Meyer actually made these predictions back in 1956. Uh, you have any written proof of that? Well, no, but uh, he, he made the predictions in 1956, and I got another one that said he made them in 1951. I can't find any evidence that that is true. The prediction mm -hmm. was made in February of 1975, and I've got four articles that were published prior to that that said there's problems with the ozone, which turned out to be true. But they're saying this is a prediction that Billy Meyer made without the benefit of earthly-based scientists um, – he got the information from his pals from the Pleiades. What about the uh, the craft themselves? Have you done any research into those uh, craft that he takes pictures of? Only into the photographs and what the photographs show. And mm -hmm. what I found is, again, the um, uh, photographic evidence from independent sources is not conclusive. It doesn't prove that he's photographing beam ships from the Pleiades uh, because they're not working from the negatives. They're not working from the original source material. And anybody who's done anything like this and it's questioned documents or whatever, you have to have the original document. This is what tripped up um, our pal Dan Rather and uh, 48 Hours when they were doing the story about whether George Bush had fulfilled his National Guard service. And they had a bunch of documents, but they didn't have the originals. They had copies. And so none of the question document 
experts could say, well, these are authentic because mm -hmm. they, they couldn't test the ink. They couldn't test the paper. All they could read was the content and suggest, well, this seems to be the current thinking at the time, and it seems that the documents were created in time. And again, those of us who have been involved in UFO research for more than 10 minutes realize the way you do that, and it's what they've done on MJ-12 repeatedly, is they take a legitimate document, they retype it and insert a little bit of information in it that suggests MJ-12 is legitimate, mm -hmm. and hand the document out. But you don't have the original. And too often people have found the originals and said, here's the original and here's the retyped version, and it's clear what's going on. And I think that's exactly what happened with the question documents with Bush. Um, because they didn't have the originals. And that's what you need to do this kind of research. You need the originals. You need the negatives. So you can look for alterations on the negatives or, or evidence of double exposures. And nobody with an independent eye has been able to do that. They, in fact, uh, talk about um, um, a computer company in California who ran tests on the on the uh, uh pictures that Meyer had and said, well, they're, they're authentic. And look how uh, you can see the reflection of the um, ground in the bottom of the, of the craft. And you find out by talking to the guys who were there, what happened was Delatoso and Stephen showed up at this computer company and said, you know, we'd like to buy, maybe buy some of your computers. What can you do? And they're showing them the capabilities. At one point, they say, can you make it look like the ground's reflected in the bottom of the craft? And they said, sure, we can do that, and did it. And now it appears in a book about Billy Meyer showing how they have used this thermographic imagery to prove that they are, the, the uh, photo is authentic. And the people who did it said, no, nah, it's not true. That's absolutely untrue. All we did was manipulate the negative. Wow. And of course, ever since the advent of, of digital cameras, the number of photos that Myra is supplying have drastically decreased. Um, I think part of the problem is 230 of them have been proven to be faked. Right. I mean, he would take photographs from books. He would take photographs of NASA video mm -hmm. off the television. He would take pictures off the television from science fiction movies, for God's sakes. And the, the quality of the pictures were real crappy. Um, because he's got a mask, what uh, where he the imagery that he's got, and a lot of those pictures have been found uh, in the science fiction movies, in books about dinosaurs and things like that, and as well as on the Dean Martin show. Uh, two of the two of the uh, alien creatures, yep. <laughs> I shouldn't say creatures because they were beautiful young women, um, were photographed, and and uh, they they turned out to be uh, from the uh, Dean Martin show. But I mean, the point simply is. Uh, we know that 230 of them are faked. And what's the excuse? Well, the men in black did it. How would Meyer not know that that many photographs are faked? I can imagine slipping one or two in. I mean, I probably took 2,000 pictures in Iraq because we had digital cameras and we didn't have to buy film or pay for developing. So I went nuts with the uh, with the digital camera. And I, you know, I can scroll through those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty well aware of what I, photographs I took. In fact, uh, some of the other I've, I've seen some of my pictures show up in other places, um, and I said, "Yeah, that's a picture I took. I can recognize the pictures I took." But I, I would imagine there would be pictures that I might have forgotten that I took and that sort of thing. But 230 of them, and it wasn't the Meyer camp that showed that he hadn't taken. It was actual other researchers who saying, "You know, we found the source of this one." And so, yeah, that one's fake. The Men in Black did it, or the CIA did it. Uh, I don't think the CIA could give a good gall darn uh, about Billy Meyer or what yeah. he's saying in Switzerland. 
to, to try to do that sort of thing to discredit him. But the Men in Black, this mythical group, they did it. They did it. They wanted to discredit Billy Meyer and have succeeded in, in, in sneaking 230 pictures. Now, that's the, 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 the number I have. There may be more out there now in today's environment, but 230 of them are faked, and they admit it. So, Kevin, why do you think the Meyer people are so taken in by him? Is, it, is this... Are, are we looking at a cult? You look back at the history of, of UFO uh, research, mm-hmm. a, a history of ufology. We've had this going on since the very beginning. Once the idea that there were alien, uh, a possibility of alien creatures, there was a um, the Shaver mystery that appeared in science fiction books in 19, uh, science fiction magazines in 1946, that kind of foreshadowed some of this. And once the flying saucers came out, they were saying, see, the Shaver mystery is correct. The Shaver mystery being that the guy had seen these people from the inner earth type thing. But we've got George Van Tassel. We've got uh, George Adamski who claimed that they were in contact with people from Mars and Venus and that sort of thing. And we now know that, you know, they were making that sort of thing up, but they had large followings because they were giving a message, I guess, of peace and light that, that responded to some people. There was a FBI document I found where one of the FBI agents has gone to a lecture, I think it was by George Van Tastel at the Phipps Auditorium in Denver. And I say Phipps Auditorium in Denver because I live there and I know where the Phipps Auditorium is. is and I actually saw Van Tassel speak there once. But the, 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 the thing that, that struck the FBI agent is that the crowd that he drew was mainly older people and mainly older women. It didn't get a lot of younger mm. people in his audience. So it, it's a message that appealed to an older group, and I think that's still the case. The message of this peace and, and light is something that uh, appeals to the older crowd, and they kind of follow along All right, Kevin, religiously. Stand, Kevin, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Kevin Randall and I return. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
Welcome back, everyone. Kevin Randall is our guest, www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And uh, Kevin, I, if my memory serves me correct, one of the predictions that Meyer was uh, touted for getting right was the face on Mars. He talked about the face of Mars in, uh, in, his, in his predictions. Mm -hmm. And he uh, was saying about that, that... Uh, Oh, and this comes, of course, through Michael Horn, naturally. Uh, what we call the face on Mars is, according to Meyer, only the tip of the artifact iceberg of what exists and will one day be found by man on the now desolate planet. Meyer contends that Mars was one of the three planets in the solar system that uh, had been inhabited by humans, Mars, Earth, and something called Melonia, which was the remnants of the planet that was blown up between Mars and Jupiter, the asteroid belt in essence. Well, we now know that the face on Mars was a uh, optical illusion based on the structure of this uh, hill, the lighting, the resolution of the camera used to take the picture, and that sort of thing. So we have pictures of it and realize there is no face on Mars. We know scientifically which is uh, you know, something from, from science fiction from the, the, the 40s and 50s. I, in fact, I had a book. One of the first books I ever got was called Four from Planet Five, and it was about these children who had come to Earth um, from this fourth planet or the fifth planet out there um, that had blown up, and they were, they were just uh, devastated to hmm. see the pockmark on the moon. I mean, it's science fiction from the 1950s is where I'm going with that. We now know that there was no planet there. It never formed because of Jupiter. So here's predictions right out there, face on Mars. It's more artifacts will be found. Nothing like that has happened. What do you think uh, uh, Billy Meyer is gaining from all this? Adulation. Um, he's got people coming to his farm all the time. He's selling books. He's... Um, uh, he's making money on the deal, so I, I think it's I think it's all of those things. One of the things that is, that people don't really understand is the draw of the spotlight is a pretty powerful incentive, so that people will do things and say things to get their 15 minutes of fame or their their face on the news or what whatever. And um, that's another another thing. You know, there may not be any financial inducement, but there's mm -hmm. certainly this psychological ego building inducement to do it. And that's why we have all these guys claiming to have service in the military when they didn't have it or claiming all these heroic deeds while serving in Vietnam when they um, never set foot in, in Vietnam, had never been in the military and all of that kind of thing. So we have to look at all of that sort of thing. Something that is not mentioned very often that to me is a little bit of an insight into Billy Meyer's um, psyche is that his nickname, Billy, came by way of an American friend who thought Meyer's cowboy style of dress reminded him of Billy the Kid. Yeah, it always kind of bothered me, too, yeah. because I can think of a lot of people I would like to be compared to, and Billy the Kid's not one of them. Exactly. Um, he, he, was, uh, he was a thug. And, uh, you know, and Pat Garrett, by the way, was also a thug, but that's a whole other argument. Um, but you have, you have some uh, people who I, I think would be better examples from mm -hmm. the cowboy era and uh, but you know they thought billy meyer uh, reminded him of billy the kid maybe that's appropriate given the uh what's going on i'm just uh going over some notes here uh the fact that uh there's so many there's so many discrepancies in this whole story like there's more holes in his story than there is a piece of Swiss cheese in Swiss cheese in Billy Meyer's fridge 
And yet, those believers of his, headed by Michael Horn, man, they just keep on shoveling it, shoveling it, shoveling it, and if you don't buy into it, you're targeted, just like you were. The interesting thing is that um, there's always an excuse. We, uh, we Billy Meyer didn't fake 230 photographs. Those were faked by the men in black to make him look bad. Um, his predictions, when you find a source, uh, well, that source wasn't prominent enough and Billy Meyer wasn't aware of it. doesn't matter. What you said was mm-hmm. this event uh, wasn't known by uh, the terrestrial scientists. And we find out, well, yeah, it was. And it was discussed at length about there. there. There's stuff on the moons of Jupiter. Billy Meyer said there were 17 moons of Jupiter before we found out there's now 69. Um, but you know, they, they just overlook that. Well, you know, how big is a moon and all of that sort of thing? There's a lot of these sorts of little details that um, come up. The other thing they do is they rewrite the uh, predictions so that it looks like it fits more closely into uh, what Billy Meyer said. So you'll, you'll find something that uh, was published earlier, mm-hmm. and you find the prediction now published in a later work. That doesn't quite match what he said originally. Uh, it's, it's been massaged to, to fit the facts as they've be, uh, developed uh, historically, I guess you'd say. What I can't understand is how come, if you want to talk about Billy Meyer, you can only go through Michael Horn? Uh, I guess so. Um, the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stumped by that one too. And if you, if you suggest anything about Billy Meyer that mm-hmm. is, um, not, not praising the man, then you're immediately brought under attack. I've been called a coward three times in my life. I don't think any of the people ever served in the military, uh, let alone in combat. Right. Um, um, and, and I don't know why this is something that, that said, you know, in, a, in another time, there would be a different solution for, for that sort of thing. One of the guys at Gettysburg, one of the generals, Garnett, I think it was, had been called a, a coward by Stonewall Jackson. And during the Pickett's charge at uh, Gettysburg, he rode his horse leading his brigade, knowing full well that that would make him a target. All, most of the other general officers and colonels and majors, field grade officers, were w- walking in front of their divisions or their brigades as, as they were supposed to do. But he was on horseback because he had been kicked and he, he couldn't walk. So he, he opted to ride his horse and his, and his pals were saying, don't do it, don't do it. But he wanted to prove so badly that he was not a coward, that he, he rode to his death that way. Wow. Um, you know, so you have that sort of thing. And I, I think calling a... a an officer, a military officer, a field grade officer, a coward is is not the uh, best way to get his attention. Oh, it got your attention, but it also got everybody else's attention who knows you and, and respects you and said, hey, we're not going to let this go on. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I, just, I just don't understand why we cannot have a civilized debate, why we can't have a civilized conversation about it. I don't believe Billy Meyer. Here are the reasons I don't believe Billy Meyer. Uh, what are your reasons for accepting it? And if you, you trot out some of the stuff that you and I have talked about mm-hmm. tonight, we can see that it doesn't work, that it's not evidence of Billy Meyer being in contact with uh, people from the Pleiades, which, by the way, is an open star cluster, so I'm not really sure how uh, they come from the Pleiades, but that's another argument. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I look at all of that sort of thing, and it just 
impossible to accept. And we keep finding all these discrepancies in the predictions and the photographs mm -hmm. and the analysis of the metal that he supposedly had. And uh, you, you mention this to the believers and they just ignore that evidence. They don't want to hear it. I often wonder if Billy Meyer really has any idea on what the outside world is saying about him because of the way that Michael Horn presents Billy Meyer. Yeah, I wonder about that too. And I would think if I was Billy Meyer, I wouldn't I wouldn't want this man as my representative because all you're doing is alienating people. Mm -hmm. I would I would have let it go uh, weeks ago that you know I don't believe that Billy Billy Meyer is in contact with alien creatures. And that would have been the end of it. Who cares what I say on my little blog um, about this or what my opinion is about this because there's a much larger audience that believes in Billy Meyer. Uh, but they've had to take it, Horn has had to take it to a different level, and it's not helping Billy Meyer at all. It's, it, I think it's annoying a lot of people. Yes, sir, it is. <clears throat> it is. You and I are going to be doing a, a special on the Billy Meyer case. We're going to be bringing on several other experts. I'm looking forward to that, Kevin. I, I thank you for the great job that you do on the network. But before I have to go, I have to bring up an, a name from the past. Calcorf. Uh, my good pal Calcorf. Yeah. One of those who accused me of being a coward, by the way. Um, and you described his organization, the Secret Service, uh, aptly, I thought, one night when you said it was kind of like Uncle, which was from the TV show, The Man from Uncle. Yeah. A fictional organization. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you were right. It was a fictional organization. Yes, our old pal Calcorf. But he did good research on uh, the Billy Meyer case in the yeah. Pleiades, and it is corroborated by other people. We're not relying solely on Cal Corf. We're relying on these other people who uh, went back and fact-checked him and found out that he was pretty pretty clear and pretty accurate on that stuff. I, I if, if my memory serves me correct, he was able to infiltrate the Billy Meyer uh, clan while, uh, while doing undercover work? He apparently went to Switzerland. He got onto the uh, farm as a... A friend of a friend or, or something like that. So he was able to uh, uh, observe uh, what was going on there. By the way, the last time I had Michael Horn on, he said that he had been in Switzerland and he saw one of the UFOs that Billy, Billy Myers has been talking about. So he, he says that based on his firsthand experience. He says he take, he's taken photographs of them, but yeah. I've not seen them. No, neither have I. But it'll be interesting to uh, to see what happens. And uh, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Exonation, if you'd like to find out more about Kevin, www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. That is where you can find all the information about his book, Roswell in the 21st Century. And you can listen to Kevin on the Exxon Broadcast Network by going to the site www.xzbn.net. And I'll be back on the other side of this break. As we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. Don't go away now. 